and welcome to the 50th episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of Fantasy Fitbar. That's right, listeners. I said 50. I'm joined by none other than 50 Shades of Scobie. <laughs> I was trying to think what the joke was going to be. I thought you were going to offend me about my age. But no, 50 Shades of Scobie. Thanks, John. 50. I think that would be a bestseller. No. <laughs> Um, how are you, mate? 50th episode. I know. It's mental. I'm extending your virtual time. handshake. Well done. Touch my bags from here. Yeah, just about. <laughs> just about. Superb. And we've decided we've decided in the in the spirit of 50 to, to get a man that is 50 on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Listeners, you will be familiar with uh, with Gregor Smith, Nibor. How you doing? Hello, gents. Thanks for having me. Very honoured to be part of the 50th pod and a wee round of applause to you both raising your back during your half century. It's fantastic. I think we all uh, thank you on behalf of the listeners um, for everything you've done. So honoured to be part of it and keen to get going. Always good to have you on, mate. I'm saying just before we came on, you're, you're one of uh, one of two uh, guests now who has a hat-trick of appearances. Is that your first hat-trick in your career, Gregor? Uh it doesn't involve an own goal, yeah. That would be my first hat trick. Yeah, I'll call it the pod trick. I like that. It's nice. <laughs> the pod trick. I mean, you've managed. You've managed to squeeze us in, Gregor, kindly ahead of your your trip to Cheltenham tomorrow. Where will you be aiming for fifty beers at that? Oh God, it will be a long day. It'll be a long day at eight thirty from Paddington, but yeah, we'll see. It should be Probably good as long as it goes. As long as it goes better than today, we'll be all right. Yeah, pick some more of the, uh, what was it, 472 horses that will not win a race at Cheltenham this, uh, this, this meet. Um, good stuff, very jealous of you going out there, but not jealous of the, um, the the price of drinks. It looked like it was, what, about 50 quid, John, was it, for a gin and tonic? <laughs> it was just quite, just close to that. I saw that on Twitter today, £14 for a gin and tonic in one of those tiny plastic cups. Oh, dear. <laughs> Stay on the lagers, I think, Gregor. Yeah, there'll be Always. no danger of that. <laughs> no, you'll, ne- you'll never go back to your gin and tonic summer, will you? <laughs> never, <laughs> never again. Dark days, dark days. No, well, that'll, that'll be another story for another time. Um, anyway, <laughs> here we are uh, with our 50th episode, as we've said, probably 50 times already in the first 50 seconds. Um, but the way we're going to play this pod, listeners, is obviously the Scottish Cup. The best, I think it's the best cup competition in football because every club dies for it and goes for it. You look down south in the FA Cup, people putting second teams out, second strings out. The Scottish Cup is still, it has so much meaning and every team that's in it wants to win it so badly. So we had brilliant quarterfinal action at the weekend and what a semi-final lineup we've got coming up as well. So we're going to talk about that in the first part and also try and work out what that means fantasy football Scotland-wise. Scobie, part two, what are you thinking for that? Well, we'll yeah, we'll keep it secret for now. We'll keep it a secret for now. Uh, but yeah, we're going we're gonna, to... We're, we're an interesting juncture in the season. Let's leave it there. There you go. Fair enough. And then part three, we're thinking wildcard troops. It is three weeks away from three game weeks away from that split where we will all be given a fresh wild card. If you haven't used yours already this season, I'd recommend you use it ASAP because mm. we would then recommend that you use your wild card right at the start of the split. And we'll be talking about strategy, Gregor. We know that your strategic thinking is far beyond anything Scooby or I can, uh, can comprehend. So we're looking forward to hearing about that. 
Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so just to, just to kick us off, I found I found uh, some stats on Pi and Bovril. He's always good for some stats. And um, there's uh, the top ten um, shots. People who have had shots in the league have all had over fifty shots this season. Can we reel them off at a bit of pace? Um, oh, it's a big one. Right. Um, let's go for Morelos. Correct. Top answer, 110 <coughs> shots. Uh, David Turnbull. Correct. 61 shots. Uh, Joe Arebo. Incorrect. Yes, right. Um, uh, Liam Boyce. Uh, incorrect. Wow. Okay. Kevin Van Veen. No. <laughs> more more Sally players. Jota. Burhashi. Jota, correct. Let Greg. <laughs> Have. Have you? Tav is no. 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 Ramirez. Um, no. Other Aberdeen player. Ferguson. Correct. Lewis oh, Ferguson, God, second yeah. most shots in the league with 86. Wow. Kent. Uh, Ryan Kent, yep, correct. 57. So we've got five there. Ooh, uh, Barry Mackay? No. You've got a Hibs player. Nisbet, uh, even though he's... Correct. Nisbet's had 70. Another Celtic midfielder who's had 70. So we've got four left. And Abada. Tom Abada. Yep, correct. Abada then we've got a Livingston player. Bruce Anderson. Nope. He's got uh, a famous brother. Forrest. Correct. Alan Forrest with 69. And Too then bad. finally is a St. Mirren boy up top. Brophy. Brophy has 61. Oh, God, that's a bad return then. He's got no goals. So there wow. you go. That, that's all. And Regan Charles Cook isn't on that either. No, correct. Wow. With his 13 goals. Clinical then. Sharp shooter. Very, very. Uh, right. like that, John. Good quiz. Nice well, that's giving you a sort of flavour of where the, the sort of the trivia is going to come from in the rest of the pod. Okay. 50 themes of people that have done 50 things this season. I'll give you a clue. No one's been sent off 50 times. I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so Scottish Cup, there's only one place to start. It was an absolute six-goal thriller at Tynecastle on Saturday night. It was under the lights. It was a massive crowd. I saw a great video on Twitter of all the St Mirren buddies going through some like Raj Tunnel with loads of pyro and stuff like that. Just like a brilliant advert for Scottish football. And Hearts got off to a flyer. But we have to start with the start of the show, that goal from Connor Ronan. He's been a fantasy football uh, legend, especially in the last sort of nine uh, game weeks. That's his fifth goal in nine games. Uh, he obviously got sent off a couple of weeks ago. Um, 3.7 million. What do we think, guys? I mean, fantasy football is a lock, right? He, he just has to be in it. At that price range for me, but what a goal! It's on, it's incredible, and he's hit a few from long range. I mean, not that long range, but you know, it's not just a, a fluke. He's obviously got it in his locker, and I saw today that Hearts and Aberdeen are sniffing around. But I, I'm pretty sure he's going to go. Well, he'll be certainly going to someone better than Aberdeen, maybe Hearts. But yeah, he, a fantastic talent, and what what a what a player he's been for them. Mm -hmm. uh, did you enjoy Pi and Bovril's tweet today which said Aberdeen and Hearts keeping tabs on Connor Ronan in much the same way that I'm keeping tabs on Michelle Keegan <laughs> <laughs> and a nice link back to a former episode uh, name of ours I believe John Great. One, from, one from the history books uh, 
Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Again, I think somebody's put into the Titanic theme and it just makes it all the better. Uh, <laughs> I like the fact that Craig Gordon just looked... On, he just looked sort of like miffed at the fact that there was just absolutely nothing he could do from it. The angle just completely caught him out as he was standing there. Um, yeah, just just perfect. I mean, he, he's a wonderful player to watch. Uh, I don't think we'll see him in the cinch next year. I, I really think he's... Um, I really think he's slightly above that. But it, it, was a, it was an evening of... Um, of great goals, actually. I actually thought Brophy, who's not scored a huge amount recently, as we are just talking about shots there, his goal was fantastic as well. Really well taken to get them back in the game. Brophy is only 4.7% owned currently as well. Uh, so a little bit of one to watch, perhaps, um, as we head into this. Sort of- I, mean, I really like Brophy, and I know you just called him out for not scoring enough goals, and he definitely doesn't, but... I really like the way St Mirren are set up with Jordan Jones, Kilty, Ronan sitting behind uh, Brophy. It's a yeah. really exciting attack and mm. they're scoring goals. And uh, I think Brophy, uh, we stat here 3.42 shots per 90. So as John said, he's having a lot of shots, just not converting. And if he, you know, if that luck tries to change its way, then I reckon he's one to watch. Yeah, Definitely. I like that. And Robbo seems to have, I think when he, just his first initial game went to that sort of five at the back for St Mirren, which Goodwin tried at the start of the season um, to not a lot of fortune because they, they couldn't they didn't win for about 12 matches. Anyway, he seems to have canned that. They obviously got the win against Dundee just before this game at Tynecastle. Uh, Yak Annex back from being out with COVID, I presume, from that double game week, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, St Mirren seems to have that sort of solid base now um, you know, they've got United at home, Motherwell away, and then Rangers at home before the split. So definitely would recommend having at least one St Mirren player going forward. Uh, on the flip side, um, Scobie Hearts, uh, that's you now unbeaten in 13 Scottish Cup ties at Tynecastle, going back to November 2014. And that was the fourth time you beat St Mirren this season. Yeah, I know who've, um, you know, had their moments against us over the years. Never ever forget that League Cup final back in two thousand and which wasn't great, but yeah, no, it has. We've been dominant there. We got back onto a good run against, um, as we talked about last week, St Mirren and Aberdeen. So it, I felt quite confident going into the game. But you know, credit where credit's due, St Mirren were good, and I think they can feel a little bit hard done by. But you know, at the same time, Hearts were fantastic. Got off to such a hot start flowing move for the second one for 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 Haring's um goal that was a that was a lovely um lovely bit of football uh Beringabe seems to be kind of back sharp and on it he tucked away that first Sims was a bit unlucky there but yeah to talk about Sims I was glad to see that he got his goal at the end uh, McInef came on played really well um and yeah got Sims got his goal at the end he's he's back to sort of cinch um focus Eight games now, 36 points, averaging eight points a game. Ooh. I mean, I was quite surprised at quite how few people still have uh, not brought him in. 3.1% ownership, which you just think is mad. Yeah. For those kind of returns. Yeah, I, I saw that. And I think it's time to the point in season where you're trying to look for pivots off of some of the, the higher owned players. So someone like Boyce still pretty sure he's over 25% owned or whatever. And you've got Sims, who's now playing ahead of, ahead of what, as in he's number nine and Boyce is number 10. Yeah. Um, 
at 3.1% owned and cheaper. That feels a, a no-brainer to me. But I was really surprised how handy Boyce was in the number 10 role. I always thought he was a bit of a, a poacher-type player, but he was a, couple, a nice nice assist, nice pass for one of the goals. Like played really well. And with Woodburn and Barry Mackay on the wings, that is it's really frightening going forward. I thought... Barry Mackay was maybe a bit unlucky to miss out in the Scotland squad, but I guess Scotland don't really play with wingers at the moment, so he's mm-hmm. probably no space for him. But, I mean, those four going forward, again, it's frightening. Yeah, no, you're so right. A good point, actually, about Mackay in the Scotland squad. Um, probably was a little bit unlucky. He, he's been fantastic, and maybe maybe the points, as we've said all along, haven't quite reflected that, but um, he's so good to watch for Hearts at the moment. Um you know, just a, just a joy. And, and again, it's just always that fear, isn't it? If he keeps playing that well, will we hang on to him? Who knows? Um, but, you know, went down south, didn't quite work out for him, did it? So so I think he, he knows he's sort of found a good thing back at heart yeah. and, and hopefully we can hold on to him. But yeah, well, and who will we be playing in the uh, cup semi-final? Whoa. Nice segue, Scobie. You're lucky that I was going to... Um... <laughs> to Fur Park next, which of course I was because I thought that was the second best cup tie of the round. Yeah. Um, Hebs took an enormous uh, away support, taking up that hole behind the goals. Brilliant noise coming from those fans. And boy, did they have something to shout about. Um, you know, obviously there was the early sending off. Motherwell probably quite lucky to actually only have to have 10 men on the park after 15 minutes because there was another challenge that was almost yeah. worse than the one that um, Bevis McGabby made. Um, but anyway, Hibs have found themselves a new hero. Elias Melkerson bagged a brace. Um, two different types of goals. You know, one header from a really good ball from Jasper. We'll talk about him as well. And then another really nice through ball from Jasper. You know, Melkerson offering that bit of pace going forward that Hibs have so badly missed. I mean, if you think about it, Hibs fantasy football Scotland-wise have been absolutely nowhere in the last couple of months. And all of a sudden, I think you've got this guy, Melkerson, £5 million, um, who to me seems like a really attractive option. Yeah, he looks good. He looked good. I mean, it's one game and he scored two goals. Try not to get too excited, but as you say, the nature of the goals are sort of poachers header and then just a fantastic touch and finish and a bit of pacing behind you know 0.2% owned on the mm-hmm. game i mean you're rolling the dice but yeah. look uh, hibs are the bookies favorites to to make the top 6 right um so even though they've been pretty minced they've got the bookies still fancy them so and if they're going to get there they're going to have to score goals so he may be your man definitely i agree with you i think the running is um it's not something that they're, that they're going to be particularly worried about. Maybe that was uh, the break they needed. I mean, let's not forget quite how bad they've been, particularly going forward. It was uh, two goals since the f- uh, 1st of February uh, in the league. So pretty grim stuff. Um, hats off to those Hibs fans um, travelling to watch them. It's not been, it's not been, um, it's not been a fun time. But yeah, Melkerson do- does look uh, perhaps a player... It would not be like us on this pod to get very excited by after oh. one game and two goals, Neebs. You know, <laughs> in <laughs> I just, 50 I, episodes, I can, I can safely say that has never happened. <laughs> I, I just think looking at looking at the way Hibs have been playing, like he, obviously they're playing against 10 men, but, you know, it's his first start and he's, he's, he's got a real bit of excitement about him. You can see how you can get, get behind him. You know, he's just been called up to Norway's under um, under 19s as well, where he's got three goals and four um, four appearances for them. 
came from that Bodo glimp where who they, they you know pumped Celtic in Europe. There's there's a bit of pedigree behind them. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I think I think defenses will be scared, but then you've got Aberdeen coming up next who are you know really low on confidence. And then United at home at Easter Road as well. And then Hearts in the Derby. The other one I wanted to pick up was Jasper. He got both assists. You know, again, talking about the different types of goals that Mel Cookson scored. This was because they were from two different types of assists. Yeah. One from Jasper where he, he beats a couple of men and puts in a great zinging cross um, right across the front of the goal. And then another lovely through ball from deep. So oh. he's got a bit of variety in his play. 3.4 million, really cheap midfield option mm-hmm. if you want to take that gamble. Um, just before the split. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's an interesting option. Comes from good pedigree as well. That Fulham youth um, kind of team has produced quite a lot of uh, strong players over the last few years. I thought this. I thought his ball for the second was 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 almost as good as Melkerson's touch to take it on. It was mm-hmm. for me as as amazing as Ronan's was as an individual strike. That was the that was the kind of goal of the of the round for me. Uh, All round play, it was was fantastic. So yeah, Jasper could be one to watch. I mean, and again, okay, new managers come in. I know they're playing a different system, but it's all kind of fallen apart since Boyle left. Let's be honest. Yeah, they were so one dimensional, so dependent on him, so dependent on his pace. So he left, and all the pace exited the building, and so did the goals. Uh, <laughs> so it's pretty. Um, you know, it's, it's not been good, um, but that's a, you know an interesting point you're making about being the being the bookies' favourites. I can definitely see that. Needs. Um, do you think they'll yeah, do it? Uh, I, I do. I think they'll just have enough, even though they've got a lot of injuries. They do have quite a lot of depth, and I also noticed that uh, Henderson's on corners as well. Um, so he's obviously replaced Boyle, another right. decent player, but another one to watch. Him and Jasper, I think, low-owned, cheaper midfielders. Um, as we said, if, if Hibs are going to do it, they're going to have to score goals and they're going to have to create them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 28 games, uh, 28 goals all uh, campaign, not great. It's actually quite surprising if they still find themselves fourth in the league uh, at this point. Um, yeah, twenty-eight goals. Yeah. And so, so, so flipping this on onto Motherwell, who have obviously been mm. re- in really bad form lately as well. Uh, but I, I thought it showed pretty decent fight considering they were down to ten men. Gregor, is there any value you see in, in the Motherwell side ahead of the split? I, I, I just can't find any. So I, I've noticed that. Um, the only teams that are not playing the old firm or hearts before the split are Aberdeen, Dun United and Motherwell. And I quite frankly don't want any of those players. <laughs> and uh, Motherwell is scratching around. I mean, Kevin Van Veen, unless he's playing against Aberdeen where he turns into Burkham, <laughs> not really, you know, he's he's not really doing much. He's the most yellow carded player in the league. I see he's fouling everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't fancy anyone from Motherwell, no. Fair. I mean, I mean, just one name I'll put out there is Joe Efford. He's 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 American. He he did score the score in the Scottish Cup. He also scored before that, so that's two and two since signing in January. Um, three point nine million. But I think it's a punt, and I think there's yeah. better options out there. So yeah, four four and forty two in the Belgian division. Um, and to be honest, the goal he scored at the weekend, he missed the ball before he <laughs> scored it. So, yeah, I did see it. Nice stats, two and two, but I'm not yeah. convinced. Okay. Yeah. Put back straight in my box. And um, and we'll move on. We'll move on from there. Um, Leave that one under the rug and we'll keep going. <laughs> we'll keep going. But we'll get, we'll get over to the other half of the draw. And uh, spoiler alert, 
neither side from Dundee managed a shot on target against either of the old firm. <laughs> wow. And I mean, to sort of start there, I mean, with Dundee United, it's just consistent with their season, isn't it? Toothless. They, again, are talking off the back of Hibs and, and again, a team that's surprisingly still up there, still very much in the fight. Only 26 goals this year on the, on the season. It's a tough slog as a Dundee United fan this year, has it not been? Yeah, and, it, and it's not really improved from, from Tony Watt arriving, which I thought that was what they were sort of hoping, right? Mm. That it would create some, some goal for it. I mean, one, um, he, Tony Watt actually missed, missed the cup tie. We'll be back on Saturday if you're worried about him and your team, maybe keep him in. I mean, the only team he was always going to score against was his former club, was Motherwell, right? Um, one player that, that, that has caught my eye lately at United is Ross Graham, playing in the centre of the three. Um, you know, there were, there were wild shouts, <coughs> actually, of a Scotland call-up for him, um, which is probably a little bit premature. But, I mean, he's kind of come from nowhere. He was on loan at Dunfermline earlier on this season for about four games, got three yellow cards. He was at Cove before that. But he's been really, really good. Um, for United over the last few weeks. I mean, just, just looking at his composure on the ball, you know, he was turning, he was playing some nice long diagonal passes for United the other night, um, picked up all three bonus points versus Rangers the other week. Um, sort of reminds me of kind of what Scott McKenna was like at Aberdeen, if I'm like really, um, if I'm really like stretching, just with it coming from a shit loan where he was quite shite. And then this big physical guy coming through, it's like all right on the ball. Uh, two point two million. I'm just I'm just trying to pluck things from there uh, from Tanner's. Yeah, it's a good price. I mean, I, I hope his I hope he turns out better than Scott McKenna. Um, <laughs> although to be fair, Scott McKenna is supposed to doing really well at Nottingham Forest, but God, do you remember when Aberdeen rejected seven million for him? Oh no, those, those were dark days. Um, so yeah, no, but Ross Graham looks good, and yeah, but apart from else, Dundee United, I quite like Dylan Levitt. Welsh guy from yeah. Man U in midfield. Again, he's on set pieces, but he's played enough games this season and hasn't really supplied any fantasy football points, so maybe not there. Um, I did note uh, podcast darling Benji Segrist making a bit of a howler. Oh, no. It's a bit of a shame. But... I actually, I actually t- had to turn away from the television watching that last night. It really made me upset. <laughs> it really made me upset. So, I mean, so, so United, we're, we're not really feeling that no. confused by... Uh, let, let, let's flip it to Celtic. Um, Giacomakis obviously uh, bagged a brace last night. Gregor alludes to one of them being a massive gift. He's had eight starts for Celtic. He scored nine goals, and all of his goals have been one-touch finishes. Well, what do we feel about him? He hit off his shin, I think, last <laughs> night. But yeah, I mean, have you guys put him in your team? Because I have. He's been in and out, and every time I put him in, he's then not yeah. playing, and so I, I just can't. I can't trust him. But no. I mean, if he's if he's going to start up front for Celtic every game, then he's going to be in my team. But as you guys said on the last pod, Celtic rotation is just so hard right now. So yeah. uh, it's it's hard to take the plunge. Yeah, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's a little bit almost like we had with uh, Ajeti last year at points, didn't we? And, and he, again, wasn't uh, particularly impressive to watch, but seemed to be getting goals uh, for a period of time anyway, um, none of which were, were anything to write home about. But it's a bit like that with Yakimakis, but can you take him out? He's just scored two goals. 
we're going into the important part of the season. Kobe, you said that after he scored a hatch against Dundee and then he didn't start for about three games. And, and Granted, then he was injured for one of them. Right but... when he's on the chopping block, he's back. It's just, it's, <laughs> oh, it's awful. Do you know what? I'm going to sort of turn it around with the other guy that scored. And we were starting to talk him about him a bit again. Callum McGregor uh, scored against Samirin obviously two weeks ago. Of all of the players that bucks the trend, he is the one that starts week in, week out for Celtic. You know, constantly he's affordable again at five million, and when he adds goals to his game, that's when he just becomes. And he he, he missed he, he missed a pen another week, but I've never seen McGregor take pens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Juranovic wasn't playing that game. He seems to be the, the penalty guy, but I guess he missed it, so he's probably off them. But yeah, that would add to your argument. But you're right. If you want someone that's going to play every week yeah. and he's got decent enough production, I, I think you're right. I think McGregor. I mean, Yota and Abada are they're the players you want, but are they going to play? Yeah. And I mean, you spoke, guys spoke about Yota last time. That's a nightmare. If he's playing every week, he's first name on your team sheet, but he's not. And at his price, you can't afford to have zeros from, from Yota. He's, yeah, he's just, not, he's just not a very sexy pick, the Phantom of the Opera, is he? I mean, yeah. got what? Yeah. Two double-digit holes in uh, the entire season. <laughs> yes, I know. But we're trying to find a new way to look at Celtic, John, after 50 episodes. We've not mentioned that already, guys. 50th episode in the cab. Uh, no, look, wait and see. It's just, it was a point for discussion. That's two and three for him. Bit of confidence. Okay, he's not prolific, but who knows? At that price, um, you know, if I'm struggling to, if I'm, if I'm struggling to fill the hole with other Celtic players, um, you know, would you not, would you not take him rather than maybe only have two in? Uh, I think he's he's so affordable at that price. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Yakimakis, again, he's going to be a headache for a while. It'll be interesting to see where we go with the wildcard strategy. Do we keep him in? Do we not? Um, but yeah, Celtic through quite clearly. Again, another clean sheet for them as well. Putting up a good run of clean sheets after, um, as we talked about last week, having a bit of a, um, a poor run at the back, being a bit leaky. Um, All right. We've got one game left in the quarterfinals and I don't intend to talk about it too much. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think everyone predicted this would be steamrollered by Rangers, and, and it very much was. There was, I mean, barely any Dundee fans in the stands. I think pricing of £30 tickets and sort of lost um, faith in the board after the Mark McGee appointment um, as seems completely our Dundee or a club lost at sea. Do you guys have anything you want to talk about from this game? Not particularly. Got a rare Aaron Ramsey sighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started two games and they've both been in the Scottish Cup or whatever but. that was literally all um, I was going to say as well Deebs I've got nothing else to add <laughs> one thing I did pick up um, was from James McPeak uh, ex-Dundee manager was on sports scene oh he's been he, excellent I, I, he was excellent and he did say which was really good insight he said that um, he was asked how he thought Dundee would survive and he said it will all depend on Lee Ashcroft injury so he was taken off against Dundee and I think McPeak was basically saying without him they're screwed Um, so one to watch they're not suggesting you put Lee Ashcroft in your teams but if he's not there then let's load up against strikers against Dundee if you're not doing that already yeah Yeah. I think that's good advice actually sorry yeah so he had a good chance didn't he I think he had about their best chance in the first half um, before he went off um Right in the air, isn't he? But yeah, no, nothing much more to add. Tav scored. 
200 points up for Tav. Did you see that? Not not a last week, but notice he's hit it already. <laughs> it just what? feels, I mean, I'm serious now, it feels pretty locked in where you are with Rangers at the moment as well. Tav's definitely in your team. Most people have got Bassey because of the price point, because of the consistency, because he's playing. Um, I've got a Rebo. He's been he's he's had good returns. He seems to be very highly owned at the moment as well. Some people are going with the safety of Morelos. Apart from that, pff, can't really see where else anyone's going with them. You know, that's your four players you're probably going with. So I think with Rangers, we just continue to see that. You know, we'll have a look in the split again. Maybe there's some different options we can we can we can figure out. If Ramsey does play, obviously he's going to be quite attractive. But um, yeah, hard to hard to be picking uh, him over a rebo at this stage. All right, uh, I think that wraps us up for part one, lads. Fifty point one down. Hello and welcome back to part two of episode 50 of the Fantasy Fitback Pod. Gents, we have another quiz question. Hopefully part Ooh. one has warmed you up. So gents, I'm saying listeners, we might have some female listeners as well. So four players in the Cinch Premiership have committed more than 50 fouls this season. Can you name any of them? Um, Lewis Ferguson, I'm going to go for a word first. Ding, ding. Scobie gets, he's actually the fourth most um, prolific fowler in the league with 51. Um, Devlin for hearts. Yes. Good. I'd be really impressed if we can pick up, if we get off all four right off the bat. <laughs> I, I know who's... It's um that butcher guy at Dungeon United is an animal, but he he hasn't played enough, I don't think. Correct. So he's not in the top four. So you've got Devlin and Fergie have both got 51 each. I'm gonna call I remember my slap my my slat to my stat last time was Callum Slattery was the most fouled and fouled player. Yeah, that was it. Most fouled, so I'll say Callum Slattery. It's, it's a very nice guess, and he's he's top of a lot of other or in a lot of other leagues, but he's not in the most um, prolific fowlers in the division. Is it Kevin Van Bean? Incorrect, but like the guess, he's just prolific at getting yellow cards. <laughs> um, uh, I can give you a couple of clues so we're okay. not here um, for like about four days. Um, so you've got a boy at Ross County, uh, plays midfield. Callahan? Correct, Callahan. <clears throat> Playing a bit deeper this year, isn't he? But yeah. still, we wouldn't really expect to see him as a foul. Yeah, I didn't think he was a hatchet, man. Aye. And then we have to go to the Tony Macaroni. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Is it? Um, um, Omionga. Correct, Gregor. Well done. <laughs> yes. nice. Very good. good. I'd have never got that without the clue. <laughs> good stuff. Oh, no. Very good. Very good. Enjoying right. this, John. Well put together. Well, as you say, 50 episodes in. Part two, you know, my time to shine. And we've got a good thing going. We're going to a good rhythm, I think, across the pods, it's safe to say. So it's usually part of the episode uh, where I do a roundup around now. But you know what they say? If it's not broken, try and fix it. <laughs> what? Time to change up part two, lads. Buckle up. Right. I'm going to present to you then. Chuck it out. Baby's out of the bathwater. Split watch. 
new segment just for episode 50. <laughs> you need some oh, music with this. Yeah, I'm going to jazz this up at the edit speed, don't worry. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all these be sirens. Three weeks left, another wild card on route. It's time to take some risks, I think. Maybe test some unknown waters. So I've kind of been looking at who's got favorable run-ins from here to the end. A little bit of justification for this. To be honest, since we were last on, March hasn't been the most exciting month in the cinch. Um, not an awful lot of goals, but with five one nils, two nil nils, and a one-one. So more than half the games in March have had a goal or less. So we're not going to bore each other to death and talk about single goal scorers. Um, I don't think that tells us an awful lot. But let's get dived in and have a look at some of the runs that we've got coming up. So I'm going to start with Ross County. They've been darlings on this pod um, all year. If you told me a few months ago that I was going to be saying that this was a, perhaps an interesting run-in for them, um, you'd laugh me out of, the, out of the shot. But Celtic, Aberdeen and Hearts at home. I think there's some goals there. I think there could be some goals for Ross County and there could be some value in them. So is it now maybe the time to bring in Hungbo? You've been thinking about it for some time. He is only 4.9% owned and he's a midfielder, don't forget. So my one of my big takes I was coming in hot with today is I think it's time to get rid of Charles Cook. Um, so you, bought, you mentioned it, um, that he's been clinical. And he has been clinical. He's got the best goals per shots ratio in the league and the best shots on target ratio, which means to me he's been a bit lucky. Um, and yes, he's been fantastic. Hey, this week. That's a yellow card. I'm, that's a I'm yellow just, card. I, I'm not. I'm not having him. And I think his luck's going to run out. I don't think he's going to score against Aberdeen, Celtic, and Hearts. And my tip was to switch to Hungbo. So yeah, mm. I'm with you, Scobie. But at nice. the expense of RCC. Oh, interesting. Interesting. John, what's your take on it? I, I, I do really like that. Um, I mean, Hungbo being on penalties as well is just, you know, such a huge draw. And he's playing, you know, in that in that similar position to RCC. But do you know what? Every time you, you write off Reagan in this season, he comes back with a brace and another brace and just makes you... He laughs in your face. No more braces for Reagan. <laughs> oh, hot takes. Hot takes. I really, I, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of getting Hungbo in. I think, interestingly, in Ross County's form recently is that they've stopped conceding goals or as many goals, certainly. So they've won the last three games on the bounce. So you're just coming into this form. It's perfect time. You know, the, the league is very is strange. It's yeah. either competitive or there's a lot of shit teams or maybe it's a bit of a combination of both, should we say, you know, you've got fourth to 10th with like five points. Yeah. No one with yeah. once it. Hibs are fourth, haven't won, won once in 10 games. But anyway, Ross County really looking nice in that top six. And I think it, they, they've cleaned up their act at the back. So since losing 2-0 to Hibs in the middle of January, they've only conceded one goal, I think in the last sort of four games. Yeah. Um, so my shout here, if we're talking Ross County, is to try getting one of the back four. Um, who that is, I'm a, I'm a little less sure on. on. <laughs> you know, Yakaviti was a big point scorer recently, but I mean, he's got horrible history in fantasy football Scotland and just yeah. stinks. So maybe you go with one of the fullbacks, Ramsey or Randall. How Randall. do we feel about them? Yeah, yeah, Randall was going to be the one that I was going to pick out. Um, if I if I had to opt for, I do like the shout though, John. And um, you know, 
I like that they're playing. They're they're getting to play Celtic now. At a point Celtic played again quite a lot of football, and they're right in this hot vein, vein of form. So they would want to be playing them. Um, Randall is sorry, two point four million. Just answer that point off. Um, yeah, sixty one points in the season, so looking good. They're all relatively cheap. But I like that. Aberdeen and Pitodri, they're going to be licking their lips at that. I'm not just saying that to rub that in, boys. But, you know, it, and it's that sort of Highland Derby sort of thing, isn't it? And, you know, Northern Derby. Um, and then they've got Hearts, who they've been really good against this season, you know, at home as well. We've we've not got a good record going up to Dingwall in recent years. I'm not looking forward to that one bit. So at both ends of the park there's probably there's there's possibilities with Ross County and if Regan Giles Cook does come along and bag a brace or a hat trick you just get him back in in the wild card so this is like there's little opportunity you know for those of us that aren't quite um, fighting out for the top 200 in the Nega League like a certain um, like a certain uh, podcast host that I know maybe it's time to take some risks so Ross County, worth looking at. Who else are we going to go to? Well, they've another team that you're know, constant pod darling, but Livingston uh, again. They are the form team at the moment in terms of goal scoring. Seven goals they've scored in three games, bucking that trend from some teams uh, not scoring goals, particularly in March and the end of February. So yeah, seven and three games. And we've and we've talked about the goal scoring press enough, but they've got Hearts. You know, again, they've been very good against this season. They got St Johnston, who. We're, not, we're still not seeing particularly huge amounts of signs of life from St. Johnston. And they got Motherwell at home, who are playing terribly. And when they're in a rut, they're in a real rut. So I love that run from Livingston. I'm, I'm genuinely thinking about three Livingston players. Wow. Tell me I'm wrong. I, I just can't get behind them. <laughs> and I just can't do it. I just don't know who I want. I mean, I'm All of still... Them. I'm still a bit. Bruce Anderson still scars me of Aberdeen letting him go, <laughs> uh, and then he obviously comes back to bite us. Um, you know, Forrest's always decent, cheap effort. Obelai at the back, I think, is the other one that people have had. Mm-hmm. I don't mind this new Blay guy. Looks looks all right, but yeah. I just don't think you're taking the plunge for him. If you're having a Livy striker, you're taking. Bruce Anderson, but yeah. if we've got to get different Scobie, then maybe it is time for for Newblade. But I just I, I don't think I can do it. Well, what about you know if you if put me on the spot and saying three, uh, you know Bruce Anderson, obvious shout, um, one of the best one of the best players this season. In fact, from a fantasy perspective, hands down, you'd have strike checking goals, and then you probably have Forest, and I think that's three pretty feasible players that you can start from Livingston and be quite confident. in. And at good price points. Yeah, I mean, there's a strong argument that Bruce Anderson's going to end up, I think I've heard this being said by someone else, is the second top strike scoring striker in the game mm. this season. Mm. It's quite a lot. And he bagged there, uh, which is nice to see, got um, player of the month in February in the, in the cinch, which was nice. Yeah, it's pretty slim pickings up there and striker, yeah. isn't it? It's it pretty is. grim. And I know we're talking about the run into the run into the split now but maybe this is for part three but I think if uh, if Livy do make it then I'm Aye. getting rid of Bruce Anderson straight away right and yeah. that is but will that be a differential will everyone do the same um, so you got to watch it one other players that I'd put into the mix if you're looking into defenders just to kind of cover it off there James Penris uh, he's only 2.5 million uh, sitting on 69 points currently really low ownership mm. playing pretty much week in week out um, he'll join them last season. Been good for them though, you know, and um, and 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 
as a wing back, we always know the values there, um, but can also play further at the part midfielder. He's, he's a bit more rounder, so maybe Penrith is another one to add to your to your list of. Concerns. All right, all right. This I was going to save this for part three, but this is this has led to this conversation. Who is the only player in the division that has made over fifty interceptions in the league? James Penrith. Incorrect. <laughs> um. Scott Pittman. No. And don't forget that you actually get bonus points for interceptions. Is it Omionga for talking Livy? Or? It's not. It's actually a guy whose name we've not mentioned yet, and it's Jack Fitzwater. Fitzwater. And he is only... We talk about Obelai being a great Livingston defensive option. And he don't forget, he's been on penalties. I think he'll be taken off now. He's missed recent couples. So he's got 88 points overall. Fitzwater's only three points behind him. And it's predominantly because he's got shite loads of interceptions, over 50 to be precise. So maybe that is a... Interesting call, I like that. Mm. I don't really touch on the bonus point angle too often. Um, no. I think it's really hard to take it into your thinking, especially when it's as, something as deep as interceptions and it's <laughs> a, a, couple, a point a game or whatever, but yeah. they all add up, right? And if um, yeah, it could be a nice angle. Listen... He, nobody's feeling it, the pain more than Hakeem Adolphin, who had about 140 interceptions last year for Hamilton, banged in about seven goals, played for Brian Rice. The main, the main point I want to you know land in, in, in this little rant. He would have been unbelievable. The point that's all he, he could have brought in on, on that. So my heart still bleeds for him. He was a, he was he played in the FA Cup against the other night on the TV. Uh, who's he playing for now? Is, were, it, is it Rotherham? Rotherham? Is Rotherham. That? Who were they playing in the FA Cup last week? He just popped up. We were, we were in the Queen Vic in Bermondsey and then Ginger Mike just went, a dolphin! <laughs> <laughs> they were in uh, yeah, QPR, was it? Yeah, QPR. Lost on pens. There you go. There you go. Akima Dolphin, some man. Okay, so we've talked about those two. <clears throat> right, I'm going to go slightly different route with it. Um, I'm focusing more specifically on defenders and goalkeepers here. What about St Mirren? They're running to the split. Dundee United, Motherwell, and then Rangers. Who they play at home? St Mirren under Robbo have looked like they've got. They're full of energy. He's kind of he's he's picked the mantle up for Goodwin. Come in, they'll take confidence. I still think from um, the other night. I know this goes slightly against my um, picking defenders and goalkeepers points. They can see the four, but they've been pretty tight apart from that. And they played Dundee United and Motherwell, both of who are really struggling for goals. So. Samirin, you know, Annex back. We've just said that. So from a goalkeeping point of view, he's always a shout. And then the likes of Tanzer, Fraser, Shaughnessy, actually all relatively low ownership amongst all of them. But you know, could be could be points there. I quite like Sir Samirin at the moment. Yeah, well. Tan- Tanzer is the one. Tanzer is the one yeah. for me. Uh, always plays wing back. I think he's apart from Tav. I think he's had maybe the second most amount of crosses in the whole league, something like that. Uh, takes that, that's correct, Gregor. He, uh, Tabs had three hundred and twenty-five, and Tans has had two hundred and three. Jesus, really? big, big difference. But fair enough. Yeah, he's 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 getting forward, and yeah, I think if you're going to take a Samaritan defender, it has to be him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, in agreement on on that. Uh, I say going going forward, we've said Ronan's probably a lock in for them anyway. Um, Rofi, 
yeah, I don't know if as much of a case to be making until he starts scoring more goals, but we've said we do like him. But yeah, at the back, I think there's definitely opportunities there and there's definitely some value, not enough people because they're probably so locked in with Rangers assets and whatnot. So could be one to, to swap in. I feel like everybody's always got a hole in their, in their, in their back five that they can do with filling. And then throw over the other side, Dundee United. Can we forgive Segrist for that mistake the other day? Do we think about Liam Smith and McCann? They're still tight at the back. Again, St Mirren, that could be a nil-nil. We're not looking at two, either team being uh, particularly top scoring uh, at all. They've also got Hibbs, um, who, as we just said, also aren't scoring goals. Dundee United can be really tight and mean when they want to be. And then they finish their runoff against uh, Dundee, Dundee Derby, um, which they have them at home. So Dundee United have actually got quite a nice run in. Yeah, they're, they're, they're one of those three that are not playing the, the old firm and, and mm. heart. So, mm. yeah, yeah, I think they're the right targets. I, I still find it hard to know who I want from them. Nick Mann's another interesting one, plays wing back in a 3-5-2. I always quite like targeting defenders that are, you know, playing wing back rather than traditional full backs or centre backs. Um, so, yeah, McMahon might be one might be one there. And the two good goalkeepers you've touched on there, Scobie. Uh, goalkeeping stats Craig Gordon comes out top on um, shots on target to percentage of saves with just shy of 80% Xander Clark uh, who has just come back to full fitness for St Johnston is second and then you've got Anik and Segrist in at third and fourth on that obviously it's not fully representative of, of just how good the goalies are but I think it gives you a flavour for that you know you're going to get some decent save points out of them and, and definitely places to look particularly when we're talking about wildcard in part three I can't let an episode go by without asking you guys <laughs> the question you both knew was coming, but hope wasn't. <laughs> There's three games to go. Aberdeen have got pretty shite fixtures, to be perfectly honest with you. Starting with uh, Dundee away, uh, then Ross County at home. That might sound easy, but no, you've got Hibs at home. Very difficult. Hibs at home as well. You've got hips. You've got hips at home first too, and then those two. Look, it is it is quite a favourable running, but who knows what Aberdeen at the moment? Is there anything to be found? Is there any solace to be found? What is going on at Aberdeen, Neves? I just I don't know. It, it is quite depressing, and look, I'm I'm behind the the Goodwin appointment, and but I just want this season to be over. We just need to finish tenth and get get on to the next season. To be perfectly honest, it's it's really depressing, and I, it's when I look around the league and I see Hearts and I and St Mirren. I've both I've waxed lyrical about their front four, right, and those attacking midfielders that they've got in their team. The creativity, the creativity at Aberdeen is Teddy Jenks and Jet, I think, this season. And they've just been awful. I mean, we've been it's been hard with Watkins being injured and, you know, Hedges is pretty irreplaceable. But you look at that and, you know, Ramsey's putting in crosses and Hayes is putting in crosses to Ramirez, but there's a big gulf in the middle there and no one's really creating anything. So in terms of fantasy assets, I just know, I noticed, Connor McLennan started against Rangers uh, up front, but again, he'll be another one that will be on the bench and come on for 20 minutes and do nothing. So, yeah, uh, pretty pretty doom and gloom stuff at Pataudry. Yeah, Aberdeen seems to be the only team that don't get a new manager bounce. <laughs> if you think this happened in there. Stephen Glass as well, absolutely no sort of response when he came in and just been shite on the good one. Agree with all Gregor's comments. Creativity is the key. 
I suppose a lot of people will be, I think, maybe still holding the likes of Ferguson and Ramirez. Um, you know, questions whether you hold on to them. I think if you've got an option to move and you've not got a bigger fire elsewhere in the team, it is definitely time to sell those Aberdeen players. I think it's the end of the road for me and Christian Ramirez. He's been pretty good for me this season, but that's now five games in a row. He's just brought me two points. That's mm. not what I need, Christian. <laughs> Why are you bringing me another two points? Um, so look, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. Hard to see any value. Who knows? They might. You might end up having. You might end up having a bit of a strong run to finish off the season. Um, who who knows? But at the I, moment, I think you've got to hope that this little break with the being pumped out of the Scottish Cup, that Goodwin's had a good sort of ten days with the team, and he manages to put his stamp on it, work some of this stuff in, and, and Aberdeen come out fighting because they're not they're, they're not going to make the, the top six now. So they're they're got to be playing for pride and looking ahead to next season. But it may be that he goes experimental. We've already seen him shove McCrory up the pitch, and it could just be an unfolding disaster. But they're going to have to watch over their shoulder um, if they if they, do, if they lose the next three games and right. the bottom two pick up a couple of points and it's going to be well, I think that was time. that was part of the fallout with Scott Brown leaving is that Goodwin's come in and said priority number one is to stay up so like whilst Aberdeen have played like they have played a more of a passing game this season no one can deny that he's, he's scrapping that and they're going to go more direct because I mean if we're in the championship next season then anyone's going to be laughing well, at least you always have the pitch invasion at the Rudy Macaroni. Game oh, yes. Three. <laughs> it, that is it's a great last highlight <laughs> of his managerial career to date. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. Uh, so, thanks for that analysis. Yeah, I'm going to finish it just on, um, I'm not meaning to do this on purpose, just talk about Hearts. Hearts do also have a nice run in, although, you know, I think these games are so interesting, these spicy games against Livingston and County who've both been good against us this season, but we're in good form. And we've got Hibs in the Derby at home as well. So two home games, playing really well at Tynecastle, County away. <clears throat> I think it's time to probably go all in and sure you've got your three Hearts players in. Um, but then why not again experiment? Barry Mackay, I think he's only got 6% ownership in a really rich vein of form. I still think he's on the cusp of even more. You know, the assists have come. But God, if he bagged a few goals, I think it could just start something. Um, albeit, you know, centers in there now, boys playing off and they are pushing Barry Mackay wider. They're not asking him to go in um, like, like they were maybe earlier in the season as much um, and almost playing in a, in a front, front three in that way. So he's he's playing a different role, but God, he's lapping it up. So him, Sims, as we just talked about top of the episode, 3% ownership is criminal. He's brilliant. He's an absolute goal machine, point hauling God, bring him in. And then what about Halkett? He's the second top scoring defender for Hearts. Again, only 60% owned. Suter's out. Halkett loves a header. He's got a head the size of a fucking Belfast sink. Um, and he absolutely <laughs> loves slamming them in. He's had a couple of great ones this um, this season. So, um, yeah, and, and I, I, I find Halkett, I, I, can't, I can't not love him. He's a, he's, a, he's a great guy to watch. So if we're keeping it tight at the back, like we have last couple of games with clean sheets, and he gets a goal... He's a top player. Stephen Kingsley's obviously still your number one, but think about Craig Halkett as well. What about Atkinson, Scobie? Does he? What are your thoughts mm. there? I noticed a couple, nice cross for at the weekend. Is he playing all the time, or he has been playing quite regularly actually? Uh, and I think to be fair to Nielsen, he's trying to give him time. I've not thought he was great so far in terms of what I've seen. 
Um, but maybe he's still adjusting. Definitely got some nice touches with him, but I've not thought he's great and certainly don't think I see any value in him given all the other options we've got. One of the things that's absolutely criminal, sorry, just on that point again, Gary mckay Stevens still 15% owned. I think we've got to accept there's a lot of people that possibly stop playing the game at some certain points of the season and GMS was uh, was highly owned then. But I mean, that's absolutely criminal. Anyway. If Hearts fans come to realise the player that GMS actually is. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But we'd still take him at Pataudry right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a bit of a catfish GMS, isn't he? Yeah, he's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, boys, I hope I didn't throw you too much. Um, but uh, look, there we go. 50.2, part two, done. Welcome back to part three of the 50th episode of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. You'll be walking around your house now just thinking 50, 50, 50 and 50. <laughs> You've said it enough. So uh, final question to do with 50 guys on the pod this week is who has won the most tackles in the cinch this season? He's the only player to hit 51 tackles. We've actually already mentioned his name is the clue I'll give you. It's water. Incorrect. Devlin. Correct. Thank you. There you go. Cami Devlin. Great start. Wow. Because Ben, I think without Benny's injury, he must have been up there. So Benny's forty-four. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good that's a good um, that's a good point as well. Omionga's up there. Cami Kerr's up there. Um, and then there's a bit of a drop off. Those guys are all over forty, and then there's a bit of a drop. Benny off. must have been up there. These inter- interceptions as well. Some stage. Interceptions. Uh, Benny was not in the top ten. Ah, interesting. So uh, get that up here. <laughs> Right, we promised to talk about wildcard usage in part three. Um, obviously, there's still three weeks to go, so we're not going to get into detail on the wildcard. That'll be for another uh, episode uh, later to come. But, um, guys, look, are we in agreement, first off, that you use the wildcard right at the start of the split? Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to, and... I think it's all eyes on who makes that split. And we, we touched on it before, but mm. you kind of, from a fantasy football Scotland point of view, you kind of want St Mirren not to make it. You want them to be bottom six and just thumping all the rubbish because I think they've got some really good assets. And I really want Livingston to make it so I don't have to pick any of their players and I can leave <laughs> people rotting with Bruce Anderson. Um, but I think on on the flip side of that, it's... Is if that's what everyone else is going to do, then should you do something different? Mm. Um, and I think that's when this tactics come in, and you have to have a strategy when you're going into the the split. The last six games to go, even nine games out, you've got to be trying to work out: Are you trying to win your mini league? Are you trying to finish top two fifty in the mega league? What are you trying to do? Because if you're trying to cling on to your position, then you just want to wild card and bring in all the high owned players. Um, all the the Reagan Charles Cooks of the of the world, um, and go from there. But if you don't, 
you've got to get different. Um, and it's just picking something. And too often in fantasy football, it's easy just to sit and pick the same players and be scared of going down in your league where if you finish six out of 10, there's no difference in finishing eight. You might not want to finish bottom, but um, you've got to have a strategy and and work out what you're playing for. I suppose suppose the other thing when it comes to the the bottom six is that um, do the teams at the top of the bottom six have the motivation that matches the teams in the relegation battle? So, you know, say... Um, obviously Dundee are going to be right um, down there um, say they're in there you know do you go with it if McGee does get them going they're going to be fighting for absolutely everything they come up maybe against an Aberdeen side that are sitting eighth and are and are seven or eight nine points clear and do you want their players in your team so maybe there's that thinking as well Gregor yeah I completely agree it can be, it's about motivations uh, as well it's always something to look for um, I remember trying to think about the strategy for last time and I was trying to look back at the uh, bottom six and top six games and trying to work out if there was more goals or less goals than than the normal league because, you know, because they might just be all out going for it and there was nothing much in it statistically um, in terms of, you know, free games or, or closed games. So, yeah, but it's definitely one to take into account. I had a... Niall McGinn down on my hit list just because oh, yeah. if he's going to be taking all the set pieces and you know he just puts the ball in the box as soon as he gets it if Dundee are scrapping for their lives then he's going to put more balls in the box right mm-hmm. um, so if there's someone that you might want to target and, and that's because of his motivations when they're trying to do everything they can do to, to, to not go down I think Niall McGinn's a pretty good shout actually um, stuck in an excellent ball actually against the game that we barely spoke about earlier against Rangers but no I think that's good for strategy just now guys um, yeah I think, think so I've, I was, got, um... I've got one, one, one decent question still from Twitter because um, there was one question about sticking with Ramirez but I think we covered that off in part two and just said sell him uh, so watch him go and score a brace this weekend um, against Hibs so guys I think Morelos you know, he is the top um, striker in the game and therefore would be perceived as probably the top striking option. What, in your opinion, is the best option outside of Morelos? Bruce Anderson. Oh, that's just boring. (laughs) (laughs) I I genuinely mean that. See, I think, uh, I think, I, Gregor, do you want to go? There you go, mate. So, I, I mean, I know we, we're get, probably getting carried away about one performance at Fur Park against 10 men, but I really like the Melkerson shout. And I'm just, because I'm just, it's been a bit boring as well, not having, <laughs> it's been a bit boring not having any hits. Yeah, that's right. So, I'm going with him. And then the other player I'd go is the other side of Edinburgh and go Ellis Sims. I think it's a really good shout as well. Of course. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to say Sims. I, I I also think no goals, Brophy. I okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to punt him in. Aye. I mean, let's just really quickly run through from Morelos down. Tony Watt, as we've just talked about, it doesn't score goals anymore. Now he's moved to Dundee. Uh, Ramirez, we're thinking we pine him. Bruce Anderson, as I've said to you, he is the he is the show. He is going to be the second top scoring striker in the game. Liam Boyce really struggling now that Sims comes in. Jordan White. Very good. Kevin Van Veen, not unless he's playing Aberdeen, as you've already uh, alluded to. Nicky Clark, I mean, Nicky Clark's probably third on my list at this point. 
Mm. I don't think he'll play when Watt comes back in either. No. He scores more goals than he scores. Yeah, he's not he takes yeah. his <laughs> It's really slim pickings up there, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, and I think going back into the strategy, if you can happily sort of lock in, say, Morelos and AN other, let's say Bruce Anderson, I'll give you it, and then have that one third striker spot where you're rotating that every yeah. week based on who's playing yeah. Johnston or Dundee, I think that's the one you've got to do. Um, and it's just trying to know who starts. It's never that easy. And all these sort of sort of guys that we're speaking about for Motherwell and that, that we seem to quite like, and then they just don't start. Right. And then it's just, it's just really tricky. But yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think that's what, unless um, Celtics, striker starts every game and I have a I have a hope that Celtic are going to try and find a balanced team now that the kind of business end of the season they're out of Europe and they kind of know where they are and but then is Furuhashi going to come back in and you know he's going to minutes are going to be managed and it's going to be all over the shop so yeah it's tricky Yeah, and maybe Days and Nader becomes a becomes a bit more of a thing as well. He's getting game time, but yeah, he, he played on the left wing um, yeah, the other night, which was interesting. Had, had, came back. Yeah. And, yeah. I think I'm my my point was going to be on the wild card. I'm I'm genuinely because I've got nothing to lose at the end of the season. Going to just I'm going to take value out of the equation. I'm going to take obvious out of the equation. And I'm going to try and build a team that I don't you know because you can you can basically afford any team you want. So why not try something a little different? So, so you will that. not have Bruce Anderson in your team. I will have Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot say that and then put Bruce Anderson in your team. No, because if I'm if I'm picking it no! on obvious form, you know, it's like, well, you, there's you know, take take the, come on, <laughs> nah, of course, of course, they buy it. One one more thing on strategy, if um. If you're like me and I've forgotten to use my bench boost and my triple captain ships, I think, I think I'm scarred from uh, the COVID season where you were just getting double game uh, weeks, triple game weeks, yeah. and you would just keep your chips. I've forgotten to use them, so I need to use them. And I've I've spied Celtic versus Super Jays, um, the final game before the split. Um, crucially, a 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff. You might get that early team news, Ooh, um, so you can lock in, lock in the the strike force for Celtic. Only problem there, and John, you'll have to keep me right here. That's the day of my stag do. Um, <laughs> so, if I'm checking Celtic early team news at 1:55 on Saturday from on my stag do, then maybe something a bit wrong. So. <laughs> I'll I'll do my best. I can't promise anything, but I'll do my best. (laughs) Fantastic. Oh, brilliant. All right. Well, I'll round us off. Um, So, and because it's our 50th episode, I'm so excited to be able to say this, but it's not going to be me taking us through uh, the top score of the week uh, last week. Lovely to welcome my friend Brian Rice to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm just joking, he's not actually here. That would be great. Imagine if we got Brian, Brian Rice in. <laughs> what? For the oh, I was so, I was so excited for a second. <laughs> I thought Brian, Brian Rice, Rice was coming chat. through your door there behind the story. Oh my god. Come on, Brian. Brian Rice is Brian lying naked on your yellow sofa <laughs> behind you. <laughs> 
Oh, how do you follow that? Uh, right, yeah, top scorer last week was Spuds Arabs United, Craig Petullo, 80 points. Well done, Craig. And Rebo's captain. Didn't even play his bench boost. The bench boost was a disaster for people, wasn't it? Um, top of the league still by some way is two Eagles. Eagles, Jack Curran, 1,901 points. Broken the 1,900 mark. Very, very good. And that is where we are. Superb. Gregor, thank you very much for joining us for the 50th episode. It's been a pleasure, gents. Um, drop the anchor in the 250 at Cheltenham tomorrow. That's my tip um, for all the podcast listeners out there. Nine to one. Get on. <laughs> oh, Making money. <laughs> did you do this for us? I feel like you did this last time. Me had you on pre-Cheltenham last time, I think. <laughs> I mean, flashbacks. That's where my money went in March. Last yeah. Week. Right. Uh, I will get this episode up quickly for the for the good people and their and their backslips. Thank you so much, Gregor. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, gents. It's been a pleasure. All right then. Well, um, all the very best. We'll be back. We've got a bit of an international break. Obviously, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but yeah, very good luck for the coming game week, and uh, we'll speak to you towards the end of the month. 